0: This is the Stuck Mike Avcast, an aviation podcast about learning to fly, living to fly, and loving to fly. Episode
1: 312, if you're pulled over and you're asked to get a sobriety test, should you take the sobriety test? Coming up next in this episode of the Stuck Mike Avcast. Well, hello and welcome to the episode 312 of the Stuck Mike Avcast. You know, as a pilot who loves to fly, we try to protect our hobby through prudent planning, budgeting, Training. You know, I often get asked questions about what to do when pulled over by the police to protect our pilot certificate. Should I take the sobriety test or not? To help me answer this question is Chris Pazala from the law offices of Robert M. Strugmer, LLC. Chris is an airline pilot and aviation attorney who has been a frequent guest on this and our sister podcast, Aviation Careers Podcast. But before we uh, introduce Chris, uh, just a quick reminder that the new 2022, excuse me, 2024 version of the Scholarships Guide has been published and it's available by clicking on the Scholarships Guide on the right side of the screen here at the Stuck Mike Avcast. That Scholarships Guide is for everybody. So people who are also interested in becoming a hobbyist, that's why we mention it here. A lot of people are trying to promote aviation in this industry. So don't think just because you want to go in this as a career, uh, it, it's it's good for them, but it's also good for people that want to do it as a hobby. So check those out there. There's many organizations giving out scholarships. AOPA is one of them. Uh, that's been a real big help there. So check it out, Stuck my Gavcast, And if you want to pay it forward or you want to get one of those free scholarships guides, you can use that coupon code, pay it forward. And you'll see how to pay it forward by clicking on pay it forward on the right side of the screen. Well, again, today joining me is Chris Pazala. He's with the law offices of Robert M. Strumer, LLC. And Chris has been a real advocate for aviators and helping them continue to fly when they do have certain problems in their past or have certain legal problems. Hey, Chris, welcome to the show. Hey, Carl. Good to see you again. Yeah, it's awesome to have you on here. So let's get right into this as far as, uh, you know, as far as our question here. So first of all, the big question out there, if I'm pulled over and I'm asked to take a sobriety test, what should I do?
2: Well, that's uh, one of the biggest questions um, our clients run into. Uh, We have a number of clients who have been through a DUI, through a traffic stop, and had to decide if they're going to do the breathalyzer. Uh, Now, I know there's a lot of attorneys out there who recommend not doing that. And in some jurisdictions, uh, there could be some benefits to that. But as a pilot, it's a completely different issue.
1: So this is actually something that I see on the uh, on the Internet, of course, when we're looking, should I take the sobriety test or not? Uh, if you're a pilot, there's a different uh, answer to this. So, so here's the thing. What do we do if we are pulled over? And uh, so, you know, in other words... If someone asks me, have you been drinking? Uh,
2: well, the first thing, of course, is I'm always going to be uh, polite and professional with the police officer. Uh, one of things people don't realize is that police officers record everything in their report, uh, every comment that's made, uh, not to mention that uh, many police officers nowadays are also carrying cameras, uh, both on themselves and on their vehicles. So you want to be professional. Uh, the second thing is that my firm recommends uh, doing the breathalyzer uh, and later on doing the blood test uh, because you want to establish... Uh, whether or not you were drinking, and if you were, uh, what level you were at.
1: So this, so again, we're talking pilots here, just to make sure if people found this on, on the internet, we're talking specifically for pilots that you you that we always take the breathalyzer test. How about the blood test? I know sometimes they, they have this blood test. Is that something that they normally do? I, I'm not sure.
2: Uh, every state is different, but we often see... Uh, after DUI arrest, we see a uh, blood test being conducted at a police station or a nearby hospital in order to uh, firm up the results. And the blood tests are more accurate. Uh, if it was me uh, being stopped for a DUI, I would one do the breathalyzer, uh, but two, I would also want the blood test. Um, I want to make sure that I have all the information available because if you don't record that information right then and there, uh, there's no way to go back in time and get it later.
1: Ah, good advice. Yeah. So get it, get it done there. But uh, so now. Okay, so we say, okay, I'm gonna get the test uh, and we're gonna go ahead and do the test What if I first of all? Fail the test whatever that may mean. I'm not sure if it's different in different states uh, But say my level is too high uh, What's gonna happen now to me as far as my medical?
2: Uh, Well in most states the the minimum or maximum I should say is a a 0.08 although that can vary and for minors uh, the limit is much lower of course because minors shouldn't be drinking uh, there's going to be a, uh, an arrest at that time, uh, but again, that's, uh, you know, comply with the police officers. We'll work on, uh, you know, straightening it out in the morning, as I like to say. As to the flying side, uh, being arrested for a DUI uh, is a reportable event, and that gets reported uh, on your next medical. But in addition to that, uh, you also have to report the loss of your driving privileges uh, if it was the result of alcohol or drugs
1: okay so that's for somebody who's looking to get a medical certificate uh say a class three medical so that they can go out and fly recreationally uh so there's there's also some other medicals out there i don't know if we want to talk about this now but there's i get this question a lot with folks that are getting their sport pilot uh certificate that they only have to use their their driver's licenses uh will that affect them in in actual flying if they do get a dui
2: So uh, a couple requirements just briefly to mention. Uh, For folks with a medical certificate, of course, uh, you put a DUI charge on your next medical, Uh, but for all pilots, for all uh, pilots, ground instructors, flight instructors, certified under part 61, you need to report um, any license suspensions. And in most cases where you have a a DUI arrest, you also have a loss of a driver's license or driving privileges. So that loss of a driver's license uh, needs to be reported within 60 days. Now for folks on a light sport, this is not as much of an issue as it would be for say, somebody with a third class medical, but you never know where the future is gonna go and whether you're going to want to fly for a career, uh, fly a larger aircraft, or whether the regulations might change and maybe light sports not available in the future or uh, some other change might occur to where you want to get a third class medical. So uh, our advice is always to get the um, breathalyzer and the blood test done Uh, And that way the information is recorded there in case you do need to discuss this with the FAA later.
1: But what if I don't? I mean, what if I say, no, I'm not, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do a blood alcohol content level. Uh, What happens then normally? I mean, do you, you're still, I'm assuming arrested and uh, how will it affect your medical?
2: Uh, You're still going to be arrested in many states. Uh, Refusal to blow is itself uh, an offense, a traffic offense. Uh, But the bigger issue for pilots is if you don't have blood alcohol level there's no way to show uh, what really happened at that point in time. Remember, the FAA is not looking at DUIs because they care about the traffic laws. That's not in their purview. The FAA is concerned about whether individuals, uh, pilots specifically, may have a uh, dependence or an abuse of alcohol and whether that's going to affect other aspects of their health and their life. So, by using the blood alcohol level recorded by the police officers, the FAA can try to judge uh, to the best of their abilities, whether the individual has a substance issue, a substance abuse or substance dependence issue, uh, without that blood alcohol level, uh, that information doesn't exist, and the FAA is going to assume the worst. They're going to assume that you were incredibly inebriated uh, and that you didn't comply with the police officers. Uh, that's going to be a not just a red flag, but a, a firm indicator for the FAA that you have a substance uh, dependence issue.
1: So, so if I understand this correctly, they will take into account your actual level in determining whether you have a substance abuse issue.
2: That's correct. Uh, they, they try to look at the, the whole picture, the police report, um, a statement from the pilot, um, any other information might be available, but in reality and in the experience of our firm, uh, the blood alcohol level is the number one controlling factor on how the FAA uh, deals with and evaluates a particular incident. So that blood alcohol level is uh, very important and we see it uh, recorded for cars, but we've also seen it recorded in hospitals, too, where um, individuals have been injured um, after drinking, and, and that ends up in their uh, medical records.
1: So to, if I'm—let's say I'm going to plead guilty anyway to DUI. So why should I get a blood alcohol test? That would be why, right?
2: And that's why you should still do it. Um, I've spoken with pilots who have um, admitted to police officers that they're drunk, they're over the limit, and in turn they did not get the, uh, the test done, and they did not get the breathalyzer or the blood test. Uh, to the surprise of the police officer, uh, but uh, even even if you know you're over the limit, you've made a mistake. Uh, it's still really important to get those numbers uh, so that we can figure out uh, what we need to do to either maintain or or uh, recover your medical certificate uh, following that incident.
1: So this is an issue I, I get a lot, you know, in, in the career counseling. You know, on my other show is the fact that people just don't get the, they're, they're told, I think, and usually see it on the internet, to not take the test uh, the, and the sobriety test and the blood alcohol. Why, I'm just curious if you know this or not, why are they telling them this? Is, is this gonna help them in the future normally, outside of aviation?
2: Sometimes it will. Um, every jurisdiction, uh, not just every state, but even every jurisdiction within the states, have different rules, and in some of those jurisdictions, many of them, there can be strategic advantages to uh, not complying with the officer or not doing a a breathalyzer test. Um, I don't work specifically in that area, uh, so I won't advise on that. But uh, what I will say is that, yes, sometimes there can be an advantage, but it depends on the jurisdiction you're in. And also, those attorneys who make those statements are only referring to the general public. They're not speaking specifically to pilots. Uh, very few of them actually know the rules for pilots and they don't realize that as a pilot, uh, you're making the situation uh, much, much worse. So it's better to get the breathalyzer. Uh, yes, the, the prosecutor is gonna be able to show exactly how much you drank and the DUI is gonna stick, uh, but it's better to be dealing with a DUI at the state level, in my opinion, than to be dealing with a lifetime in an alcohol program with the FAA because you didn't blow.
1: Gotcha. And, you know, you sound a lifetime in a program with the FAA. Um, that sounds a little drastic to me, but do, do you, in your experiences, is that what happens?
2: Uh, that is. If the if the person is already a pilot and the DUI occurs uh, and they don't get a blood alcohol level, they refuse the test, then the FAA's only recourse is to place them in the HIMS program, uh, which you and I have spoken about before, and that is a lifetime program of sobriety and random testing. It's, it's expensive, it's time consuming, and you can never drink again. So that's, it's a pretty big penalty. Now, sometimes we get people that call us up 10 years after DUI and they're just now becoming a pilot. And in those instances, sometimes we can work it out with the FAA to not have to go through the program. But if you're a current pilot and you do refuse a breathalyzer, uh, that is going to be the end of your medical until you do join the HIMS program.
1: Interesting. So, uh, so obviously the best thing to do is get an Uber. But, but no, <laughs> that's that's hopefully uh, the best advice. But if you do uh, have this issue and you get pulled over, yes, do take the test. Um, but what? I, and I hear this sometimes from people. Well, why? I'll just go ahead and become a, a light sport. It doesn't matter. I, I I had my my pilot certificate. I had a 172. I'll just go ahead and buy a light sport. How is that going to affect them?
2: Well, a couple things to consider. First is if you already have a medical certificate, uh, following a DUI, that medical certificate may get revoked. Uh, If it does get revoked, then light sport and basic med are no longer an option. Uh, The second uh, factor, of course, again, is if uh, you want to do other types of flying in the future or if the rules change and light sport does start requiring a medical again, you know, We've seen a lot of changes just in the last 10 years, and it's mostly been good, but we could see things go back the other way in the future. So we don't want to place ourselves in a bad uh, position. So even if we don't think we're going to discuss uh, the DUI with the FAA uh, beyond the 60-day report, we still want to make sure that we're uh, collecting all the information uh, from the breathalyzer, from the blood tests, in order to address that issue if we have to in the future.
1: So to reiterate though, as far as if I have my medical, which most people do, uh, is the fact that if you do have uh, any type of action, uh, motor vehicle action related to drugs or alcohol, when it's not just alcohol, it's also drugs, right? Uh, you have to do something. So we do, get, we do get pulled over. You have to report that to the FAA writing within sixty days, okay? And that's that's important to do. But I hear this every so often. What if I don't? Right. What, what's the ramifications? So
2: the the sixty day report, and that's for all uh, pilots, even those that uh, do not hold a medical certificate. So uh, light sport, basic med, ground instructors, uh, all those individuals still need to uh, make a report, and that goes to the FAA safety division. It's actually a separate division from the ones that are going to be looking at the, um, your AeroMed. It actually goes to the security division. However, the FAA agents departments talk with each other, so eventually it will get back to AeroMed. Regardless, um, you need to make the uh, 60-day report. If you don't make a 60-day report, uh, the FAA could possibly find uh, that uh, DOI occurrence on your uh, national driving record and we've already had one client being chased down for not reporting uh, in the case of our client he reported late and uh, the letters actually passed each other in the mail his letter to them reporting and their letter coming back uh, threatening him for not reporting <laughs> wow. so yeah and the problem is if you don't report it uh, not only could, could you get a denial on your next medical um, but you could lose all of your certificates uh, for failing to comply. There could be a revocation of all of your certificates. So you need to make the report. Uh, and we have a lot of questions on the 60-day report, also referred to as the notification letter. Uh, the 60-day report is not generated by the DUI arrest itself. It's actually generated by uh, the suspension of your driving license. So that's going to be the controlling factor. Uh, in many states, uh, we have what we call roadside suspension and a roadside suspension is an immediate suspension of your driving license driver's license um, at the time you're arrested Uh, there are a handful of states we've seen where they actually will let you drive on it for another week while they wait for court but in most states uh, you're going to be suspended right away and that suspension is actually what triggers that 60-day window
1: interesting so wow so that that makes that makes a lot of sense but you just talked about a, a, like that week, say, maybe that you have to wait for for court and all that. Why wouldn't you just wait for after that court case to start for, and then do the 60-day report?
2: So we get that question a lot as well. The uh, 60-day window to report is, again, that's based on the suspension. So the minute your, your privileges are suspended, whether it occurs during the arrest or whether it occurs Uh, during an initial hearing a few days later, as soon as your driving privileges are uh, suspended or you're transferred to a temporary license, uh, similar effect, uh, that's gonna trigger the 60-day reporting period. Uh, The technical term is is, uh, motor vehicle action, and that's, um, or motor vehicle administrative action, and that's going to be, again, a a suspension, a downgrade, a move to a temporary license. That creates a 60-day window if you um, successfully uh, dismiss the charges later that doesn't change the reporting requirement. Uh, the, the mere fact that your driving license was suspended for alcohol or drug related event is enough to trigger that report and that timeline starts at the suspension so uh, you shouldn't delay that waiting for an outcome in court and i can tell you that uh, the outcome in court does not tend to have a huge effect on the faa's evaluation of these cases uh, plus, they're going to send you a request for more information later. So go ahead and get that 60-day report done uh, within the time frame. Uh, don't delay it.
1: Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna get this done. We're gonna get it done in the, in the 60 days. Now what? Okay, let's let's move forward. I really want to be able to hang on to my pilot certificate. Uh, you know, either if it's a light sport, basic, med, class three, etc. Um, on all future. Medical applications. No matter you know if there's a medical application required, you have to report that. Um, you have to continually report that, though, because I think the wording is if any uh, uh, you know revocations or arrests. Is that true?
2: Uh, that's correct. So on the FAA medical application, which is now of course online with MedExpress, uh, you'll notice box eighteen uh, V that asks about. Uh, DUI arrests and license suspensions. So I'll note that uh, in terms of uh, box 18V, uh, it's broader than the 60-day uh, requirements. So 60-day reporting requirement, which is your initial requirement, is just going to be for the suspension of the driving li- privileges, or sorry, I should say driver's license. The, when you get to the medical form, it's much broader. It also asks about DUI arrests, uh, and other questions that are similar. So uh, it's, it's a real catch-all. And it's important to check that box, not just uh, your next medical application, but each one going forward.
1: Gotcha. So in general, though, if you've had these problems, make sure that, first of all, it, should you, going back to our original question, uh, should you actually take the sobriety test when you're pulled over? Uh, and the answer is yes uh, to do that. And also if there's a breathalyzer or a blood test, then go ahead and do that correct
2: and that's correct. I would do that uh, every time because um, again, if you don't get that information recorded right then and there, there's nothing you can do in the future if you need that information
1: and to to be perfectly clear, this is so that we can keep your medical for a future flying because we want to keep you in the air and and we want to keep you flying. this is kind of contrary to a lot of stuff that you see on the internet, but again we're just we're talking about here as pilots this is what you should do uh so you know chris has been awesome anything else you want to say as far as advice uh general advice to the person who uh is finds himself in this situation or could find themselves in this situation uh and and if they do and they have questions what should they do
2: Uh, Of course. Uh, Well, the FAA has uh, quite a bit of information available on their website, uh, but you can also uh, visit my law firm's website. We've posted uh, a fair amount of information recently on uh, DUIs, uh, how to manage traffic stops, and what to do after a traffic stop.
1: Awesome, well, Chris this has been great. This has been very, very helpful. Obviously, we would, we don't want you to get pulled over. We don't want you to get arrested, but uh, and get a DUA and DUI, excuse me, and and have your license revoked. Um, but we also, you know, people make mistakes. It happens, and but we want to keep you in the air, uh, and to do that. Uh, the advice that Chris has given you, I think, is is apropos. You know, make sure you always take that breathalyzer and blood test. Uh, don't uh, refuse the sobriety test uh, if you want to keep flying. If you want to keep this this wonderful hobby that we have here, uh, just like like Chris and I, we both we both still love to fly and we love to to keep you in the air air there. But if you do have questions, though, of course, Chris Pazola can be found uh, at their website. It's strumer www As you can find their law. Long- Firm, if you have any questions there. Uh, Chris, again, thanks so much for coming by. I really appreciate you, you actually clarifying a lot of this because this has been a, a lot of questions lately. Thank you, Carl, and happy to help. Awesome. So if you want to meet the team here, at the Stuck Mike Avcast. Make sure you come to one of our upcoming events. We'll be at Sun and Fun at Booth uh, A41. A41 will be right next to Piedmont Airlines, both the crew from the Stuck Mike Avcast and Aviation Careers Podcast. If you have any questions for us, uh, it's real easy, stuckmikeavcast at gmail.com or just go ahead to the contact page on the Stuck Mike Avcast. But most importantly for us, we really want you to continue every day uh, moving forward with your flying life. And we'd love to hear your stories and if you have questions for chris or for us or you want to hear us talk about a topic in aviation please reach out to us at stuck mike Avcast and our contact page but we really really can't wait to see you out at the sun and fun and also the other events and we're really excited to, to be starting the podcast back up again and hope you appreciate the new content moving into this this new year but the most important thing is to get out there fly and enjoy the flying life, whether it's out there looking at airplanes at the airfield or it's something, maybe flying on a simulator or finding a book on aviation or just getting out there and doing a lesson and going to fly. Well, folks, we really appreciate your listening. We'll talk to you next episode. Safe flying out there.
0: You've been listening to the Stuck Mike Abcast.